0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning?
1: I'm thankful for so many things. I really am. I'm going to say today... That I am thankful that I mentioned yep. on radio, like, last week, I think, or maybe the week before, that I was a part of a group of people who made a song, and um, over the weekend, like, on Sunday, I got sent back, I think it was Saturday night, they sent me, like, the the first draft of, like, the mix of the song, and so it's like fully put together and really nice and sounding amazing um and yeah i talked to Rosie Smith who's the one who's like putting it all together and um yeah so we can expect you know in the next in the next month or so, once the mastering gets done and once the song, you know, around the Lawson time we'll go to is air released, as a
0: recording artist.
1: Yeah, I will, and we'll we'll play the song. We'll interview the uh, we'll interview the, the artist, the as artist in as in me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I have a very small contribution on the song. It was a group of us. It was a really amazing experience. But yeah, it's like all happening, and it's so weird. Like when you just listen to yourself, This is the weirdest thing ever. Like it's just so strange. But yeah, no, it's really it was really fantastic. So yeah, heard that. Um, heard that on the weekend. I was like, "Yo, sweet." So get keen.
0: Cool. Um, great- super cliched, but hey, I'm uh, just thankful for family this morning. Oh, so I knew it.
1: <laughs> I've just had a weekend
0: of being just saturated with family. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, my parents are up from Tasmania. Mm. Um, Shell's dad has been here from the United States. Mm. Uh, my parents are still here. Been doing having some amazing times together. Um, went flying yesterday, which is like the best thing ever to do on the planet. Lawson suddenly just turned green as he's looking at me. We did aerobatics. What is what is that like? Aerobatics. You, we did loops and rolls, and you the went in a plane and, and did
1: meow. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is the coolest. That <laughs> no was my invite? Come on, <laughs> Lawson. You have to put it on your bucket list. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I want to fly the plane. I'm like, yeah, that would be sick.
0: Welcome back guys, that was Stones of Eden with Holy King You're listening to Faith FM We're about to have our first clue for the first quiz of the day Lawson's going to bring it to us The number to call is 1-800-324-843
1: If you know the answer Who am I? I said each of you must put to death those of your men Who have joined in worshipping Baal or Peor I have no idea Okay, there you go. That means double prizes are up for grabs. 1-800-324-843 and you can win two prizes completely for free, of course, if you know the answer to this quiz. Ah, I'm going to work on it while the, we're... The gears
0: are The gears are turning. I'm going I'm to work on it. I might get it before the next one, but gonna we'll see how we goes. Right now, going to so do doesn't know.
1: peak. He's got one of those faces like he'd do anything to win. <laughs> 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 Even cheat. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. Okay, let's have a look nope. at some worldwide good news. I have some cool technology news. I have some cool environmental news. And I have a cool heartwarming story kind of news. And hmm, let's start with... With the technology news yeah, okay. yeah go with tech okay we don't need heartwarming let's okay. go with tech so tech is cool remember a couple weeks ago i talked about ford and i talked about how they were making an electric mustang Yes. And you were like, wow, that's stupid. But then it's, it was good at the same time because it's like... So, the
0: only way they're going to make an electric Mustang that actually works if they, ha- if they put loudspeakers in it with a recording of a V8 engine because <laughs> <laughs> it just has to sound right. Now, I love electricity because massive amounts of torque, acceleration that would just, you know, slam you back into the seat. Uh, but a Mustang kind of has to sound like a Mustang. It's kind of yeah. like having an electric Harley. <laughs> <laughs> oh...
1: oh. Oh, you know, who, making my spine d- shiver. Yeah, it's like... like <laughs> Harleys are bad already. I'm like, oh, that's even worse. Nothing wrong with Harleys.
2: <laughs> Come on.
1: Anyways, oh, yeah, check this out. So, something that you might not have known is that Ford... And this is by no means a Ford advertisement. But I just saw this this morning. I was like, that's cool. Ford recycles 1.2 billion plastic bottles every year to make vehicle parts. Oh, that's cool. Did you know, that? yeah. Like yep. the, they, uh, they, they go into you know. We're making... now driving around in plastic bottles.
0: Basically,
1: you may as well, we may as well do the same. That's the where...
0: modern motor vehicles 70 percent of it is made from
1: plastic. Exactly. You know, all, all your plastic guards and whatnot. Uh, you know, Ford are just recycling plastic bottles. They use about you know, I guess you know more plastic bottles go into some vehicles than other, but on average across the board, it's like two hundred and fifty plastic bottles per vehicle that they're that they're that they're using, which isn't a lot like compared to you know the whole. vehicle vehicle, but it's something, um, but I was like, where my mind went with this, Lyle? Like, I looked at it, and this article that I'm reading I'm is kind of, of
0: we your mind you know, with it's this.
1: kind of praising Ford for like, oh, yeah, you've done such a good job recycling plastic bottles. I'm like, look, that's cool and all, but this technically means that I can make a car out of plastic bottles. Okay. Like, like you may not be seeing all the right. logical leap there, no, but no, I definitely that's a, am. That's a big leap. In my brain, I'm like, this means... That it's possible to make our own cars out of plastic bottles. Look, if Ford can do it, then surely we can do it.
0: I... Just am wondering how you're going to build an engine
1: block out of plastic bottles. This is the thing, Lyle. You know, I have I have ways of which you do not know, okay? and, and 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 I suspect nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Some would even accuse me that not even I know. But but I, I'm, I'm there like, has to be a way, right? There has, there to, be has to be a way. There just has to be like. People have been doing such amazing things around the world all the time. I'm like, there just has to be a way for me to create a car using only plastic bottles.
0: Well, there was a time once when they said you couldn't build an engine block out of aluminium. Yeah, we did. That time did exist. Yeah, we like. And now, who builds blocks? Who builds cast iron blocks these days? No one. It's yeah, all it's aluminium. Like ridiculous.
1: So Why would you build a cast iron block? Exactly. Like I'm ever. on the re- and and people said you couldn't build an engine out of plastic bottles, but I am on the I am on the precipice of hist- making history right here. I'm like... In 40 years' time, you will be vindicated. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's not enough time. <laughs> like, I've got a, a, lot of, a lot of stuff
0: ahead of me. Okay, more quick... We just need to record this morning's uh, <laughs> news segment for posterity so that, you know, you can have one of those things like, you know, they have a newspaper clipping that, yo, one day people are going to carry phones in their pockets, you know, from like the 1950s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saw something like that the other day.
1: Yeah. It's like, one day we're going to make plastic cars out of plastic bottles completely. And uh, yeah, it's going to happen. All right. Quick news. More quick news. A Canadian tech company is aiming to plant one billion trees by 2028. Um, they plan to achieve their goals by using drones. Oh, cool. So this is a Toronto based uh startup called Flash Forest. Um and they're, yeah, they're just this group that are, you know, environmentalists and they're also, you know, uh really into technology and whatnot. And yeah, they've they've basically come up with this system of, you know, using drones and they have this special kind of dumping mechanism for the seats. And uh yeah, they want to get fifty no, what what did I Wouldn't say? Be One easy billion just to use a trees. duster
0: Sorry? Wouldn't it be just easier to use a crop duster, to fill the hopper up with
1: seeds, fly over a paddock, and just spread them? Yeah, but Lyle, you see, that's not cool. Okay, we live in 2019. We can't <laughs> use crop dusters anymore. We have to use drones that are powered by electricity that have cool mechanisms. Okay, so in them. I went flying yesterday, and I got to yeah, tell you that um, like flying a crop duster would be very cool. Okay, well, look, this is if the crop duster was doing like backflips while it was dropping the seeds. Well, then I could totally see how that would be cool but we've just we've just moved on like we're talking dinosaurs here we're talking dinosaur power like a crop duster like obviously i'm, I'm being a little bit sarcastic in the way that we're just kind of
0: it's just give like- me a hard time i gotta tell you the three greatest sounds okay on the planet is a v-twin a v8 and a radial engine okay there you go so the Radial engine yesterday, and the plane we were flying—just you know, you, it's just there's nothing cooler than that. Mm.
1: You know, some people would be a little bit more sentimental with that. They'd be like, you know, my wife when she said "I do." Well, like, <laughs> <this>, uh, Lyle <laughs> engines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first cry of your child as it comes out <laughs> of the womb. Engines. <laughs> Internal <laughs> combustion where it's that at is so good. <laughs> okay, last story I have here. Oh, this is this one's really cool. Just fourteen surfers from uh California. They're hailed for rescuing um two Drowning brothers off the coastline of California um, at Tr- uh, Trinidad State Beach. This is a really cool story. There's these four young guys, their names, are, they have gnarly, like you can tell that they're like from surfer families. It's like Nar- Narian and spencer and adrian and tash uh, they're just like four young surfer dudes 15 years old and they like go out every morning and surf together before they go to school and they uh heard the the cries of some people about 100 feet away who these two brothers who are drowning um and so yeah they just kicked into action um two of the sur- two of the young guys they paddled over on their on their boards um and picked the other dudes up while uh One of them headed back to the shore and called 911. Um, It was a super gnarly situation as well because it's really cold in California at the moment as well. So, they're all out, you know, in, like, five mil wetsuits, like, and then they see these guys. They've been sucked out by a rip and they're wearing, like, board shorts and nothing else. And they're, like, they could tell, like, oh, man, if we don't get these guys in, like, they're going to cop. Cop it from hypothermia. Um, but luckily, yeah, they were able to get over there. It was difficult task. So, apparently, one of the brothers was a real big dude who weighed about one hundred, sorry, 250 pounds, which I think is like up there. That's like yeah, that's up just,
0: in there. Uh, he's a big guy. Ah,
1: man, how much is that in kilos? Like 100... 100... 175 kilo? Oh, no way. No, hundred more like 125.
0: Somewhere between those two numbers yeah, yeah, that we just put out. It's like... You'll it's find like the...
1: We're talking heavy dudes, but yeah, it's just, um, it's really cool just to see this group of just young surfer dudes. And they ju- yeah, just, yeah, they'll be more 120, 120 kilos. 120 kilos. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, young surfer dudes, they're just like, yeah, these school kids out there doing their thing surfing and they hear the cries of help and they go and help these guys. Like, I. I love reading stories like this, just young people. There's a great stare, thing about you know some play. of
0: these communities, like you know the surfer community or the forward driving community. I, you know, I do forward driving that kind of mm. thing. And we sort of have this um, unwritten rule of you don't leave anyone in the bush. And surfers, you know, they're out there doing their thing, but they have this unwritten rule: you don't, you just, you rescue anyone who needs rescue. Mm.
1: And especially because, like, there's a real culture in surfing of like a lot of surfers are trained lifeguards as well. -hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. uh, Like, you know, when they're young, they go and do nippers, go and get their, you know, their lifeguard certification. And so these guys, you know, they, two of them, you know, had their lifeguard certification. So they had the ability to actually save these guys. They had the know-how. Um. And yeah, it's just it's good stuff. It's like, but I, I just love it too because they're like these four young dudes with like swoopy haircuts and beanies and flannel shirts. They're like the full, like the pinnacle surfer bros. They're just out here saving lives. I'm like, man, <laughs> praise God for these guys. I, I love it. I think that these, these communities. And it's it's a- Sorry, what were you going to say?
0: It's the kind of community spirit that we need to have, you know, across Mm. all of our sports.
1: A hundred percent. And across our sports, across our churches, just one of, hey, reaching out and helping people. Anyway, this is Lauren Daigle with How Can It Be. We'll be right back after this.
0: Welcome back, guys. That was Lauren Daigle with How Can It Be? You're listening to Faith FM, and Lawson's about to give us another clue for the quiz. The number to call is 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you know the answer, there will be a prize coming your way. What is the clue there, Lawson?
1: The scripture says, No one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that I did. Oh, he thinking, he thinking, he thinking. Oh, and he's correct. So, no, don't is up for grabs this morning. But that still means you can win. You can always win. Everyone's a winner. Who can call say. up? Give us a call. Who can call up with,
0: who can, everyone's a winner who can call up with the correct answer. Exactly. Who can be the first caller with the correct answer. And
1: you just got to think about who was really, really awesome. Like, Well, there are a
0: number of people that were very, very awesome. But just, just,
1: I'm sure there's a short list. It's probably, you could probably find a short list of them in like, I don't know, like Hebrews chapter 11. You'll find a short list of people who are really, really awesome. But anyways, um, Lyle, what's what's happening across the world?
0: Okay, so new research that has uh, come out in relationship to sugary drinks. So this is something that we often talk about here on Faith FM um, and this one is a very significant study. It is looking at the difference between drinking uh, sugary drinks or artificially sweetened drinks, like you know the diet version mm. of the same drink. And the conclusion is um, that soft drink drinkers are associated with a greater risk of all causes of death, regardless of whether it is sugar-based or artificially based sweetener. So there's really actually in when when it comes to death um yeah sugary drinks are associated with uh w- sorry soft drinks um are associated with a greater risk of all causes of death and uh yeah it doesn't really matter which uh, kind of sweetness so uh two plus uh glasses per day is setting you up for it's going to shorten your life significantly that is pretty scary. Um, as compared to, and what they're recommending is about one glass per month. Mm. So about twelve times a year, you can just you know treat yourself to a sugary drink, but any more than that, and you are going to start to get into yeah, shortening your lifespan.
1: Wow, what a way to start the morning! Absolutely, it's, it's been so the bombs have a, been dropped here. That's right. That's, that's right. what's up. Okay,
0: so this study covered four hundred and fifty thousand plus people. Mm. Um of men and women across ten European countries and lasted for
1: eight years. Mm. Okay, so this is a very, very this is a significant
0: study significant yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, the average age was about fifty. seventy uh, percent of the participants were women. I guess women tend to be more interested in their health than what men do. <laughs> um, part of the reason why women live longer than men. <laughs> okay, so if you've got if you drink two plus um, artificially sweetened drinks per day, um, that is associated with death from uh, circulatory diseases. If it's only one per day, um, deaths from digestive diseases. So that's di- including diseases of the liver, of the appendix, of the pancreas, and the intestines. Um, now, what was also interesting that con- consumers of sugary and artificially sweetened drinks, so just soft drinks in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, consistently had a higher BMI, body mass index, and I kind of think that probably goes yeah, without fully. thinking. But a lot of people, you know, they'll switch over to the diet version, you know, the Diet Coke or whatever it might be, so that they can lose weight, and it seems it actually has uh, no effect.
1: It has absolutely no effect. Like, it's just as bad.
0: They noted that consumers of sugary drinks were also much more likely to be involved in other negative Lifestyle mm. choices, and so they put a lot of work into this, you know, because they're more likely to consume tobacco um, and you know, mm. all of these kind of things. So they had to put a lot of work into adjusting for bias in the study, yeah, yeah, of course, um, in relation to BMI, about tobacco smoking, etc. They actually worked a lot of uh, bias removal into the study, and after having done so, the results remained consistent. Mm. So the long and the short of it is we need to really cut these sugary drinks out of our lifestyle, and particularly children. And here's the thing with children. I'm going to, I'm going to give a tip for parents out there, particularly uh, young parents or new parents. Children will never miss the thing they are never given. Mm. And children don't need sugar. If you want to make your life hard, give your children sugar. You're creating a rod for your own back that you're just going to beat yourself with because it's just going to make your kids into, um, you know, hyperactive little um, handfuls, I should say. It's a nice wave. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, we give things to our children that we enjoy because we want our kids to be happy, not realizing they're already happy. You're not going to increase their happiness. You're just going to create an addiction that you have and you're going to pass that addiction on to your kids. Mm. Kids don't need sugar. It's, it's a little bit like those, you know, those, um, those cars that they have in the supermarket where you put the coins in. Do they still have those things? I've never looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it goes. Yep, yep, and yep. the kids are like, oh, I want to go and play in the car. When my kids were small, it's like, yeah, go and play in the car. No problem at all. Those are great in the supermarket so long as you never put coins in them. Mm the moment you put coins in, the kids are always going to want you to put coins in. Well, if you don't put coins in, the kids have a great time playing in them. And, and, and it's exactly the same with sugar. They don't so miss true. it. <laughs> they don't miss it until they have it. Yeah. And it's not good for them. <clears throat> so don't give it to them because then they'll never miss it. Mm. Uh, kids will eat, you know, and be very satisfied on very plain food. That's so, Yeah. Uh,
1: preaching the truth. Yeah. This what we need.
0: And if you have uh, kids that are addicted to sugar, then uh, this is a great time to start weaning them off that addiction. Mm. Okay, what else do we have here um, in this particular story? Um, okay, so previous results had shown a positive benefit of swapping from sugar to artificially sw- flavored drinks, and of course, you know the proponents of artificial flavor uh, uh, sweeteners. We're very quick to point this out. This is at odds with all previous studies that have been done in relationship to artificial sweeteners. Mm. And what they discovered was that people who were moving from one to the other were moving from from sugar to artificial Mm. for health reasons and this was not the only healthy choice they were making. It was associated with other lifestyle changes. And they've now found that it was the other lifestyle changes that were giving the positive effect to... Um, or the ap- appearance of a positive effect to these artificial sweeteners, you know. And of course, they are warning. Mm. You know, this is not a an excuse like, oh, it's not going to make any difference. I'll just go back to the sugar. That may not be the greatest idea, because uh, we actually need to be cutting soft drinks out of our lifestyle. You know, sort of once a month is a reasonable mm. um, amount. You know, sort of have a bit of a treat once a month, and um, yeah, that's a reasonable amount of soft drink. You don't need more than that. Um, okay, so. On the good news side, yeah, because there are some good news aspects to this particular story, there was no link between sugary drinks and incidences of cancer or Alzheimer's.
1: Ah, oh, Okay, there you go.
0: Yeah, so the sugary drinks will basically uh, kill you of circulatory diseases before cancer and Alzheimer's develops. Mm. Um, As <laughs> the short circuit. Well, You don't live long enough to get those diseases. No, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating that one. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's not it's not giving you cancer and Alzheimer's mm. but it is um giving you circulatory <laughs> diseases uh in countries like the United States and Australia sugary drinks are the biggest source of added sugar that we consume mm. and so you know if you were to get the amount of sugar that there is in a sugary drink and just spoon it out into a bowl and say here eat this' You know, and you think about some of these have up to 14 uh, teaspoons of sugar in them. Mm. Uh, And then you think about how many sugary drinks some people will drink in one day. And that's kind of like a breakfast bowl full of sugar that a person is eating per day. Yeah. And you wonder why you are dying slow, painful deaths at a young age. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's kind
1: of heavy
0: heavy stuff for breakfast this morning. But uh, it is something that we need to be thinking about. Mm. And, of course, in Australia and the United States, um, obesity has tripled since the 1970s, particularly amongst children, Mm. and has become a public health pandemic that is completely destroying the lives of our young people. Mm. You know, and I've often advocated for this. I believe that uh, feeding rubbish to young kids and causing them to be obese is a form of child abuse. We need to mm. we need to put an end to it. Anyway, this is uh, Jaden Levick with "Tis So Sweet," and here's the real sweetness right here. Real sweetness in comes Jesus. from trusting in Jesus. Amen.
3: It is so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Just to trust His cleansing Just from Jesus Simply taking Life and rest And joy and peace Jesus, Jesus How I trust Him How I've proved Him More and more Jesus, Jesus pray Just trust him and how I've proved him more and more jesus jesus precious jesus oh for grace to trust him more jesus Jesus how I trust I trust Him more
0: Welcome back, everybody. listen to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. Yesterday, we were talking to Cranville Tooley about his testimony of how he managed to become a pastor by failing the entrance examination for theological college. Um, and, you know, we kind of felt like. We'd only got halfway through the story, so we've invited Cranville back again to finish the story and to give us part B. So just to to bring you up to date, Cranville had uh, um, been farming in New Zealand, he wanted to stay farming, something was impressing on his conscience to do ministry, he did the entrance course to do ministry, failed it epically, was super relieved because now he could do farming with a clear conscience, and then the uh, admissions person, whoever they were, um,
2: threw you a lifeline. Um, Cranville, can you pick the story up for us? Yeah. Uh, You know, my heart sank when he said that, when he said that um, even though you failed, we will give you an opportunity to, to, um, to go to Avondale. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so so then we thought, well, we needed to honour that commitment. We'd asked God, he'd come through for us, and we really need to honour it and take it as far as he wanted us to take it. So we didn't back out of it. So it, just amazing, our car sold, our farm dogs sold, Um, I I got a job in the short term for six weeks as a mechanic because farming wasn't paid very much to build up my funds to be able to self-support myself through Avondale College because we had no government funding. And everything just fell into place. And finally the day arrived when we had to leave our families and that was a a terrifically hard thing to do because our Third and last child had just been born, only six weeks old. Um, my wife's father was wasn't a well man; he 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 was very sick, and um, but we stepped out in faith and we left New Zealand and and uh, we got over to Avondale College and uh, we thought that we had things organised because one of our local church members' um, son was. Errol, and he had organized some accommodation for us at Nappy Valley. But when we, when we got so there... So put this in a little
0: bit of perspective, just yep. for our listeners. So Avondale College is a theological college. Well, it's a university that has a bunch of different courses, but it has a theological um, course um, in the Lake Macquarie area, so not yep. too far from where we're based right now. Yep. And Nappy Valley is the colloquial term for the married students' residence. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like when you turned up in Nappy Valley,
2: you actually qualified by having children in nappies. Well, the problem was is that the limit was two kids and we had three kids. Oops. So there was a problem here, and this is a story of God's leading I'm about to tell you now because this this is an uh, an incredible story. And uh, so we arrived, I think, about the Monday. Uh, you know, into this temporary accommodation at Nappy Valley. We thought it was going to be permanent but it turned out to be temporary and they told us that we would have to leave by Friday and and go and find other accommodation we'd have to have accommodation organised. Of course we, we'd come from a poor farming you know, we had no money behind us to to go out and, and rent and so forth. We were absolutely stepping out in faith here and um, So I remember getting down to Friday morning I'm standing in the shower and all of a sudden my emotions just overtook me and I started to howl my head off, cry and sob my heart out to God in the shower at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I said to God, I said, today is crunch day. If you can't find accommodation for me today, I've got it wrong. I'm off back to New Zealand, taking my family with me. We've just got enough money for the airfares to go back. So you you're yeah, giving God as
0: many opportunities as possible to keep you out of ministry. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. You know, um, so so after breakfast, you know, I finished crying. I got out of the shower. My wife sort of looked at me and said, "You're struggling, aren't you?" I said, "Yes, I am." She said, "So am I." Um, so we had a bit of a hug and a bit of a cry there, and then we we thought, no, we'll step out in faith. We had a prayer asking that God would guide us for that day and find us accommodation. So we we went outside. We got into this old Tirana that we had bought, and uh, we didn't know where we were going to go. We just head off down the road, and we went out of the, the college driveway, the university driveway, and we headed off down Freeman's Drive towards Morissette, no, had no idea where we were going. We were just going to look for accommodation, and God was leading us. And we, we came up over the brow um, to the street that's there today at the, at the back of the college, and, and so, somehow or other I just turned the steering wheel. I don't remember consciously making the decision. I, don't, I, I never thought I'd end up in this drive, in, this, in the street, and I just I just drove around the corner and down the street believing that God was guiding the car and I, and God was guiding the car and there was no way to... This Victory Street was Dead End Street and we ended up at number 22 Victory Street and um, we drove up the drive and, and come to rest against a tree beside this house in this driveway. Is
0: there a sign in the front yard saying it's for rent?
2: No, no, not at all. I'm telling you, this is an incredible true story. So
0: you drove down a dead end street. Yep. Drove up a dead end driveway. Yep. Stopped
2: when you got to a tree. Yep. Okay. Couldn't Uh go. Couldn't go any further. (laughs) Uh, I I get out. That's the end of the line. (laughs) I got out. And I thought to myself, this would be a great place to live. Look at all the space around for our kids that are used to running around the farm here. Look at all the space. Oh, they could even have a motorbike and play around the backyard. This is an awesome place. I just went up to the door and I knocked on the door. And uh, this gentleman came out, this old white-haired gentleman came out with glasses on. And he said, yes. He said, can I help you? I said, well, my name's Cranville Tooley. I said, Um, I'm from New Zealand I said I believe that God is sending me To go and study at that college over there And you can see the college clearly I believe that he's called me to do ministry And this morning he's led me to your house Because we need accommodation For ourselves and three kids Can you help us Never met this guy before He was old White hair and his glasses And he said to me Just wait a few minutes I'll go and talk to my mum and I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I said, how old's your mum? And he said, my mum's 102 years old. Oh, my. 102. So so here we are waiting outside the house while this this gentleman who must have been in his 80s went and talked to his mum at 102. And he, after a while, he came out and said, mum would like to, to talk to you. So here... the my wife and I, and our kids, and she had the baby in her arms, only six weeks old. You know, we walked in and we stood in front of this dear old lady of 100 and, 102. Yeah, all right.
0: Making me have goosebumps <laughs> with this story.
2: Yeah. And she said, My son tells me that you're going to study uh, theology over there and, you, and you, you want to work for God. I said, Yes, that's correct. I said, We need a, we need a home. We believe that God's called us to ministry. And she said years ago, she says, my husband and I were called from New Zealand to this area to to work for God in a printing factory that they had beside Avondale College. And she said, we know what it's like to come. She said, this is what I would like to do for you. And remember, she's 102 years old, never met us before. And this lady is such an awesome lady she said I'll go and live my daughter for the next six to eight weeks over there behind Cessna you can have my house you can have and you can take the time to look around and if you don't find a place to look around you can live in my backyard in a caravan all the time of through your through your college and tears just came to our eyes and we walked back out we hopped in our car We drove around to Napa Valley to get our stuff. And the next people had moved into our unit and all our stuff was sitting out on the curbside. We just loaded into the car, drove back around to Victory Street to Mrs. East Hope Place. um, And uh, her son was there and uh, she had a bag in her hand and she said, I'll see you in eight weeks. She said, God bless you. And uh, may He take care of you. And by ten o'clock that morning, here we are sitting in this house, n- no rent to pay, just, just a, a wonderful act of kindness at a lady that's a hundred and two years old.
0: I have never in my life heard a story like this before, Granville.
2: <laughs> no. It doesn't stop there though. There's (laughs) more. How can this be possible? It keeps going. All right. Just the kindness of her heart, and I think so. You know, at 102, you'd want to stay in your house, wouldn't you? You would. You know what a wonderful act of kindness, And, and you know I know that I'll meet this lady in the kingdom made new, and I know that I'll be able to thank her, and and you know what a blessing, you know. It will be to meet her there. Mm. I, I went to her funeral actually when she passed away. I happened to be back in Australia and went to that. And and um, yeah. What age did she make it to? For another two or three years after that, yep. a couple of years after that. So was probably hundred and three, something like that. Yep. Mm. Amazing, Amazing story. Doug Easthope was a well-known dentist in Newcastle. Here, yeah. yep. You, you may have people that know him listening to your your show this morning
0: yep no, he was a well known uh, dentist he was known I, I don't think I've ever met him but I knew him by name mm. even when I was growing up as a kid in Tasmania so mm. yeah wow Just an an, an incredible story. Okay, so I guess that was the end of all of your doubts as to whether God had called you to ministry?
2: Uh, No. No, (laughs) I still got doubts. You're a doubting uh, (laughs) Thomas, Cranville. (laughs) No, no. I had a few things. I wasn't doubting. I just needed his help at a few things. Okay. All right. So anyway, I, uh, I needed work. Yep. And uh, so I started working at the Weepix factory packing Weepix for sanitarium. But I'm not made for speed, <laughs> I'm not made to pack Weepix on Weepix packing line, but that was the only work available. So I hopped in my car one afternoon and I went for a drive, and I went up around the different garages because of my mechanical op- c- certification. Sure. Um, and I walked into this particular I got a lot of no's that day But I walked into this particular garage And this is the garage that's on the corner of Freeman's Drive And um, where it goes up to the Avondale Primary School today There's a a garage there And I walked in and I For
0: those that are familiar with the uh,
2: The uh, the Lake Macquarie area, Kurumbong area Yeah, yeah, yep yep. And I walked into this guy and I said Listen, I'm, I'm doing, God's called me Now this guy um, I've I'd, I'd never met before. And I just walked up to him. I said to him, look, God's called me to do ministry over at the college here, but I need to support myself with income, with wages. I'm a, a fully qualified mechanic. I'm an A-grade mechanic. I've had years of experience. Um, would you consider hiring me? And he said to me, well, he said, I've just bought this garage yesterday. He said, I'm, oh. a, I'm a Kiwi. I bought it yesterday. And he said, I don't know whether I want staff or not. He said, um, it's too soon to tell. I said, well, maybe if I leave my number with you, I will um, give you a call sometime. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay, righto, maybe, maybe not, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went home, and I was just driving up the drive, and my wife comes running out and says to me, have you been looking for jobs? I said, yeah. I thought, well, you know, Weepix is not suiting me. You know, and, and you and I both know that. So yeah, I've seen what's other work available, and said, "Well, that the guy that you went to, he said we'd like you to turn around and go back and do a job this afternoon." Now we'd got down to our last twenty dollars, and we had no more for fuel, no more money for for food for the kids. We were desperate. we were right down to our last twenty bucks. So I turned around, in the car went back up there, and it was a little mini. He. That had come in and needed the brakes doing well. My mother had a Mini, and I knew knew them inside and out. So I did the job, exceed-
0: notorious for dodgy brakes. Yeah, notorious.
2: for dodgy <laughs> We're there, fix fixed this Mini up, and the guy paid me cash. And uh, he was he was over the moon with the job. So was the client. And he said to me, "Listen, I might call you up another time." You know, it's just awesome the way that God works. So. Every day for the next year, he'd call me up, and every day I'd go up there and do a job. Every day, God made sure there was work for me at that garage, and he paid me cash every day with no expectation of even getting another day's work. That just just how it was, until he finally just said, "Oh, cramwell I'm sick of calling you. You just come on up every every day." And so, so I got that job. I was able to leave the Wheatbox factory. Um, and then then I started to go to my first class at, at Avondale and, I, I, you know, I'd never studied. I, I You know, it, it was just so foreign that I, I, went, I went up to the lecturer on the first day. It was Norm Young, notoriously hard lecturer, spoke this foreign language and I said to him, why do you have to talk like that? Why can't you talk a normal language? He said, well, that's how we do it here. <laughs> We talk in this language. Well, I said I can't understand it. You're setting me up for failure. <laughs> I said I'm going to fail this. I said, Don't, can I make you a deal? And and he said, well, what sort of deal would that be? I said, how about if I fix your car for free? I said, if you can give me your your notes. And he said to me, well, you'd never understand my notes. But he said, I'd love to have my car fixed for free. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, so he said, what I can do for you, though, he said, I can sit you beside the best note-taker in the classroom. And I, he, I can make arrangements for him to give a copy of his notes to you so you can study them and pass through the subject. So that's what happened. That's what he made arrangements. So the nate I sat next to the best note taker, learned how to take notes from him. He'd share his notes with me. I'd study those notes. Couldn't understand the lecture, but I'd study the notes, and then then uh, I would sit the exam. And, and, you know, in the years that I was at college, I never rose above 50%, and only once did I get 49 It was always on 50, 50, <laughs> <laughs> 50 all the way through. And that be really relationship good. between Norm and I, you know, in class he'd say, Cramble, my car needs fixing. I said, well, bring it up to the garage. I had a deal with the boss at the garage that when this car came in, I would do it for free. So he'd bring his car in the garage, I'd do it for free.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do say that seized get get degrees and once you've got got your degree, they just ask whether you've got a degree or not. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Wow, fantastic story. So there's a little bit more to the story if we've got time. We've got three minutes. Okay, so... uh, I didn't. I just couldn't get my head around Greek So I did a, a mature course With no guarantee of um, getting a, a job at the end of it I said to him, don't worry about that I said to the lecturer, let God take care of that If he's called me to ministry He will provide a job for me at the end of it um, At the end of the, the time that my course ran out I um, Everyone else got a call I never got a call to ministry January came, halfway through January, um, I all of a sudden got a call to go to New Zealand. And there I went to start, started my work for God and, and as being a pastor in, um, in North New Zealand. And I'd love to tell you the story of how that went one day. From New Zealand, I was called, uh, after 10 years of work for him, I was called to Northern Australian Conference up there in Townsville. And bit of a contrast to uh, Timaru. Yeah, it is a bit of a contrast. But the, the heat really hit us. you know. Um, from that, we were called down to North New South Wales, and we've been here in North New South Wales for 12, 13 years now, and now we are called into this job here as being the pastor for the pastors.
0: Fantastic. Cranville, has been amazing hearing your story yeah. and the way that God has led you. You can have no doubt as to you know, what God has called you to do and where God has called you to be. And uh, we certainly appreciate your ministry here. Um, and if you are in the North New South Wales region, I'm sure this guy's going to be travelling around. You never know. Yep. Keep your ear to the ground. You might uh, you might find him turning up in your area. But uh, yeah, right now, um, Cranville, we're going to move on with the show. We're um, out of time, but uh, we'll be back after the uh, this following song.
4: They can't save me I run to you, you're my savior all my days
1: Hi, I'm Tash and I'm Laura. We'd love for you to come and fellowship with us and worship God at Wollongong Seventh Day Adventist Church. You can find us at the corner of Victoria and Young Street and join us for
5: Bible study every Saturday morning at 9:30 and service at 11. See you there.
6: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.